See, if everyone is on the same path, the view never changes. You want to always be the most authentic version of yourself. I don't knock anybody that's working a nine to five job, but it's that employee mindset that I got a problem with. It's that mindset that makes you bury your gift, that makes you bury your call. Because I took your words, I took your energy, and I use it as protein. The very thing that you thought would tear me down or break me, it couldn't. If your why is greater than your naysayers, then you're going to persevere, you're going to push through, you're going to win. Your winning is the only response people need to hear. All you got to do is just win. I know some of y'all in relationships right now with your significant other and with your wife and you feel like something's missing. You got 24 hours to go to your significant other. I need you to say, how can I be a better provider? It's the male's perspective. Live. Love. Legacy. Let's get this work. Yo, what's going on? It's your man, Words Taylor. Back for another week with the male's perspective. You already know what we're teaching married men how to build an intentional legacy. And uh, you already know I got I got the squad with me. Um I got the squad with me and yo, we brought in we brought in the big gun. We brought in the muscle. Hey, hey we brought in some muscle for this conversation okay. right here. Hey. So yo, we got uh of course we got Pretty Boy, the independent wealth specialist, Richard Duncan hey. in the building. Go, let's go. Let's go. Then we got the budget master Fred Hazlin in the building. Yes, sir. What's going on, fellas? Yeah, and then this week, uh, we got young Debo. <laughs> we brought the edu- we look, he's educated and muscle. We got the educated muscle in the building. Hey, go, I'm just gonna tuck mine in. <laughs> hey, we got my brother, my brother Mark Reed in the building, man. Let's go. Um, man, we're excited to be here. We we appreciate the love. So the episode last week got crazy amounts of traction. And um, I think, you know, for sure it was about the topic. But um, can we just recap some of that last week? Can we can we start off with that? Just like recapping what's going on in this world. How y'all feeling? Let's 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 even do a mental mental health check in. fellas. How y'all feeling? Bro, I love the mental check in Um, mental health check in, bro, because. Uh, this has been an emotional week. Um, you know, man, I've been glued. Um, you know, I've been going through, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of different emotions, just trying to understand and, and, and channel these feelings. But, um, man, I, I'm, I'm encouraged right now. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to get on here. I've been looking forward to this conversation all week uh, because because I'm a little more encouraged than I was last Friday. And so, uh, man, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, how you yeah, fellas doing? That's what's up, man. How y'all feeling, Mark? How you feeling, man? Oh, uh, man. Um, I'm a glass half full type of dude. Yeah. And so um right now I'm 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 a little optimistic. I think okay. about uh James chapter one, verses one through four, call it all joy when you're facing trial and tribulation. Come on. Because it builds that per- perseverance, and that perseverance is required. So I'm looking at the things that we're looking at right now and the things that we're experiencing, it's a requirement. And I think that right now things are moving. I'm seeing people um, awakening that I wouldn't have never expect to be awakening. I'm seeing things changing and policies changing as we speak right now, things are moving into action. And now I'm seeing uh, you brothers right now creating a platform that is informing and educating and helping spread the knowledge that you guys have acquired and and share the successes that you guys have all had. So it's all empowering uh, the people. So I'm in a, I'm in a positive state right now. 
Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go. Man, I'm, I'm with I'm with you, man. Like I'm actually feeling real good. I'm feeling real good just because you know I look at it like something has to get all the way bad before it gets before it gets better. You know, sometimes you you, you fall, you get that like you got to go through that whole process. And I think right now, you know, words you're you're big on you know campaigning. You know, right. where it's attracting authority. Right. And right. I think I think what's happening now is this is actually creating some authority for our people right now. Yeah, like for sure. awareness and the attraction is taking place and now it's creating some authority. Like I'm having some conversations with some of my white brothers and sisters that I've never had before. Like that's, they're that's the dope part. Yeah. The part. And this is why I'm encouraged because again, this is how I know that, you know, it had to get bad before, like it had to get this bad before my white brothers and sisters like, you know what? I want to have a conversation with you in confidence. Like, right. what is this? Like, right. help right. me understand what white privilege is. Help me. I don't get it. I don't understand. And that's right. very encouraging. And then when I, bruh, I looked and seen in, in freaking Amsterdam, Black Lives Matter. Oh, man. <laughs> I see all, all over the world, bro. All over the world. Yes. All over the globe, they talking about black. And I feel like for the first time, People yeah. are starting to, they're not on this all lives yeah. matter. They're actually yeah. starting to get until you understand that black lives matter, all lives don't matter. Like yeah, and so exactly. I like exactly. the conversation, I like the dialogue. So I am I'm very, very, very encouraged right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I would I would I just want to shout out the frontline people that oh yeah. Um man, I've been seeing some videos of, of people getting tear gas and all of those things and uh, just the people that are are making sure to be intentional about marching, making sure to be intentional about about making the signs and, and being out there on the front line. I salute it. And, you know, I did an interview this week and I was asked about the rioting and stuff. And they were like, yo, do you do you condone that? And I said, yo, it's not about me condoning. Right. Um, it, it's it's about me understanding why it's happening. Right. right. It's about understanding that once you get to a place, there's a certain point where you get to a point where you're like, I don't know what else to do. Right. You have me, you have me bound in a system that is against me. And so you're saying use the system and I've tried to use the system, but that system, however, puts me right back in the same position. And now once again, that system has failed me, but you still want me to use it. It's like, what else do I want? What else can I do? So at this point I got to disrupt some stuff. Yeah. Right. I, I have to do something to, to disrupt your you're company. Not hearing, you're not hearing me. I've been trying to talk for a while, and, and the fact that you're not hearing me, and this is what's causing this outrage because voices haven't been heard for so long. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, you're you going to hear me now. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So, yeah, I, um, I want us to, as, as you all are listening, please go ahead and share this out. Uh, I want us to take the conversation to you all know we're not just talkers. We're about taking action. So on this, we're going to talk about like, what can we do? Um, what are, what are some steps that, that we want to start taking to, to grow beyond this? Now that, now that we have attention of people, now that we understand that this still, this underlying racism things are still happening. All right. What's the action step? What's your action item? All right, Mark, talk, what's the action items, Mark? Friend, like, like what, what do we do now? Well, I think the first thing that we have to do is is look at how do we get in this predicament to begin with, right? 
Mm. First things we need to look at, what are the things that are oppressing the black people? And I've got maybe like five things that I've thought about that are oppressing the black people. Mass incarceration, one. Sure. Education. And when I say education, I'm not meaning education in the traditional sense and the traditional schooling is educating yourself to, to lift yourself out of your current situation, right? Um, then systemic racism is mm. another one. And then lack of generational wealth and access to wealth. And so we have to look at those different, um, those categories and say, how do we get in these situations and how do we change these predicaments that we're in? If yeah. we really look economically from uh, reconstruction era to now and look at the amount of wealth that uh, blacks have been able to attain, it hasn't grown very much at all by maybe like a point of a percent. And if right. we actually look from 1983 to 2016, wealth have actually gone backwards for uh, African-Americans. And so mm. what is that? Why, why are those things taking place? And so two thirds of, Amer of, of America attains their wealth or their, or their wealth comes from um, uh, real estate or acquiring um, uh, uh, wealth from their, their housing. But if you have redlining instituted from systemic racism and the values of our homes are, are limited, in our communities, the mm -hmm. value, um, our ability mm -hmm. to attain um, uh, loans are, are limited. We aren't able to do any of those things. How are we able to then uh, uh, gain uh, um, generational wealth? If that, if that mm -hmm. is, if stats have shown us that that is the way to gain us uh, um, generational wealth, but we don't have access to that system, then how do we, how do we, um, how do we overcome that? That's good, That's man. Good. It, you, you. When, as soon as you said that, bro, I instantly um, was was tuned in because, um, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer, man, to, to in, order, in order to move forward, you got to understand where you came from. And so understanding, educating ourselves and understanding, um, you know, why we're in the position that we're in, that's the that's the only way it's going to help us move forward. I mean, you right. talked about um, you talked about black wealth, um, black ownership. You know, I think, you know, we we owned you know, one half of 1% of, of, of the wealth in America after slavery. Wow. And today, and today we still own one half of 1% <laughs> of the things in of the things uh, of wealth in America. Mm. Um, you know, you talked about home ownership and I remember seeing this, I remember seeing a post that said um, white America, white Americans who do not graduate high school or uh, have, own more homes than black Americans that have graduated from college. Wow. Right. Wow. And so again, I mean, it goes back to us not owning anything at all. Right. So how can we build an ecosystem if we don't have anything to, to build on? And so we, we want to start like understanding these things. Right. I mean, you talked about home ownership. You know, it's one of the fastest ways to build wealth, right? You can equity in the homes and things of that sort, investing in the stock market. These are the things that we got to start educating ourselves on because if, if 70%, 72% of white people own homes, but only 42% of black people own homes, you're always going to have that wealth gap, that wealth disparity, you know, yeah. in, in your community. And, and, and the only way, right, to, to, to move forward and build and, and, and uh, you know, create change. You got to have a community, an ecosystem. You know, so that way you can start now providing the resources yeah. to our people to be yeah. able to now continue to build and move forward and start owning things in the future. Let me let me, let me pop something yeah. in on that too, real quick. Yeah. You know, I mean, this first of all, that's biblical. 
Like the Bible says to go out and possess the land. Come on. Come on. No land, though. Like, Money, the economics is biblical. People don't realize that Deuteronomy and Leviticus, God is laying out the plan on how they should treat each other economically, how they should exchange goods economically, how they should treat each other as it relates to debt. And there's a year of the Jubilee that takes place, that when you allow your, your brother to uh, rent a portion of your land, he then is cleared of all of that debt. So you don't keep your brother in debt for an extended period of time. That yeah. happens in the year of Jubilee. So biblical is straight community economics. Come look, on. Andy, look, he, says, he says be the lender, not the borrower. But come on. Come on. Borrowing absolutely everything and be the head, not the tail. And the problem is we have this problem. Not the bottom. This oppression. Yeah. This, the oppression that we've kind of been under has put us, has given us this, this tail mentality, but I'm with y'all hundred percent, you know, as the yeah. independent wealth specialist, yeah. I am a firm believer in making money independently free of this traditional system. So when you word, you talk about what's next, what are we doing since our last podcast, literally I have supported a handful of black owned businesses. I yeah. have stimulated, I'm stimulating my own economy. I'm making sure that I'm putting dollars in my own economy. You know, another thing that I'm doing as far as what's next, I talked last week when we did our final perspective, I'm still erring on this garment of love, still loving even right. harder because yes, we can, I see a lot of things change. As a matter of fact, I was looking, I think it was, I saw, I think it was Minnesota, Minneapolis banned the police chokeholds recently. Wow. Wake up. Yeah. So I'm seeing laws and stuff pass, you know, which is great. Right. But at the same time, these laws that's passing is not going to cure what is a heart issue. Right. Yeah. When you look at yeah. racism and, and being prejudiced. That's a heart issue that legislation can't do anything like it's not going to fix that. So it's going to take us. So what have I been doing? I'm loving harder, even in the midst. So I can now start to attack the heart, which I believe is the root of why we're in this situation in the first place. So I'm still loving because I know that love conquered the grave. Exactly, exactly. And you know what? Um, I, let me also add that the Bible says the wealth of the wicked. Come on. Come on. <laughs> are, laid up, are laid up for the just, right? So it's, it's laid up for me. Oh, oh, church ain't here today. Hey. <laughs> it's laid up you know what? Um, you know, as we're talking about all of these things, uh, I also brought to light uh, this you know, this week during, during the interview. Like, yo, shout out to the, there was a bunch of people hitting up you know, for interviews and just wanted to have um, a conversation. But right. I was asking them, I said two things, two things I want to bring out is, all right, let's, let's take white, let's, okay, let's say that you do not understand white privilege. Right. Let's take it off the table for a second. All right. Is there something, let's, let's replace my man with, with Floyd, with your child or your brother, your uncle. Is there something that your uncle or your brother or your son can do that will cause the police to to that you would approve the police having him on his on the ground handcuffed with their knee in his neck? Let's 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 just take uh, let let's not make it let's I mean even though it is let's take racism off the table for a second just just for a second right right. Is it fair, like if if I don't care if your if your white son happened to rob a bank, right? Are you okay with the fact that your son got caught, surrendered, 
and is handcuffed, and now three officers are on him, all their body, probably about 150 pounds each, 200 pounds each, and one of them putting all of their body weight on on his on on your son's neck. Are you okay with that? Right. Nah. Let's, let's just let's just start that. That's never okay. There's right. not a situation where that would be okay. Now let's bring the race back into it. You right. see what I'm saying? Like, there's still no no absolute reason why this would be okay. That's the first thing that we had to talk about. The second thing um, we have to look at when we start talking about white privilege is this. You don't have to teach two curriculums in your home. We have to teach a curriculum of, you know, of course, education and all those things. But then we also have to teach a curriculum of, of, of survival, of, right. of you know, the etiquette for how to survive. We have to, we also have to teach our kids how to, like, how to, how to, how to respond when you get pulled over. You know, we yeah. gotta, we gotta teach our kids, you know, how to, to control their emotion, you know, and not show any emotions in certain places because this, this means you could be considered aggressive. And if you're aggressive, then you're a threat. You don't have to teach all of these things to your kids. You, like, you, you cool with your kids just, just walking out. And that's the, and that's the privilege. That's, That's the privilege part. Right. But let, me, but, let me, but let me say this, though, because I want to clear something up because my wife and I was having this dialogue, and I think any, again, of my white brothers and sisters that's listening to this, this is going to help you. When we say you have white privilege, we're not saying that you're a racist because I think they think when we say that you have white privilege, some of them are defensive where they're thinking that, okay, I'm not a racist, so I'm not understanding what it is. Like as another example, my wife and I were talking, if you look at in the workforce right now, you can have a woman with the same attributes and qualifications as a man, but the man is getting paid more than, than the woman, yeah, right? Absolutely. That's what you call male privilege. That doesn't mean I'm a sexist because I have yeah. male privilege, right? So it's yeah. the same thing with this. And so when you're talking about this white privilege, I want for, for my white brothers and sisters to understand, we're not saying that you're racist, but I need you to understand what this white privilege is so that you can know what it is. And then you can begin to make the proper adjustments and start educating your other peers about that. And that's when that change is going to take place. And you can also start using your voice and your privilege. Yes. Now make change. I think that's yes. another part of, of, of what the solution has to be as well. Right. Is informing, not, not just in anger, but outside of the anger, informing our you know white counterparts like of of how you know like what what privilege is and and how should you respond and all of those things that has to be one of those things another thing that Ferran brought out um Ferran was like yo let let our let our black men start getting million dollar uh uh insurance policy yeah right and then you you kill now you kill a black man it's gonna cost you a million dollars Right. Let's see, let's see how many black men you still kill. Right, man. We we, we definitely need to protect ourselves, man. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm all for it because, uh, again, you know, if, if we we talk, we don't we think our you know our black lives, you know, if, if black lives matter, you know, we wouldn't have to think like this. But again, you know, if we but but because you know we we're going through this this struggle, we got to have these conversations. You know, there, we look and we say, hey, there's no value on the black life. Right. There's no value on a black man. You start putting value on that thing, bro. We start we start equipping our black men and women with million dollar life insurance policies. I guarantee they'll start thinking twice about, um, 
about about killing us because you know now you're talking about a person who's worth more dead than alive and that's generational wealth that can be, that can um you know be 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 now transferred uh to the black community and we can start then we can start building out our communities i mean you know last week mark you said something that was that was really key and strong man because you were like yo you know black the black dollar lasts six hours right as soon as we get it bro we go spin it with with the next with, with another community right that's where we need to really put our focus in on, right? And, and to start to create this change. You know, I, I was, after you said that, man, I just went back and started looking and I was like, you know, um, you know, whites, they bounce their money six to seven times in their own community before they even, um, before they, before it leaves. Uh, Hispanics, right? They do it. They, they bounce their money. No, I'm sorry. Hispanics bounce it six to seven times. Whites wow. bounce it eight to 12 times. Jews bounce it. 18 times Asians bounce it, you know, 13 to 14 times. Hold on. 18 times, bro. That is recycling the wealth, trans, you know, recycling the wealth, before able to leaves. build resource before it leaves. Everybody has an opportunity to partake in this economy before it actually leaves the economy. Blacks, right? We're taking it as soon as we get it. And we we say, hey man, you know what? We think, you know, they got a this person got a better product over here. KFC serves better chicken than this black man over here who owns a black KF black black chicken company, right? Or black chicken uh kitchen. So what's your so why so why I mean what you think words and Mark Rent? Why why are we doing that though? Like why are we not spending our money with our own community? Why? Well, why, are, is, why are we so hesitant to do that? This is the this is where the education yeah. component comes in. This is where we talk about systemic racism. Very little things have changed from, from, from slavery times. We haven't recognized or acknowledged the oppression that has been put to the black man. You got to remember that in the beginning of this country, we weren't even considered human. Right. And so now we are criminalized. So, so not only, not only are, are everybody is desensitized to the things that happened to uh, black people. And so let's look. If in 1960... I'm putting into a school curriculum that uh, black people are inferior. And I haven't changed that curriculum in 2018, regardless of how much education I get, it's still miseducation. And right. so we can continue to get, the, the populations can continue to change. We can have a whole black school that are be, that's being miseducated. And so we have to be properly educated. And that's why we're starting to see the systemic uh, oppression starting to even take place within our own communities against each other. We're hurting each other because we have been miseducated about one another. We're believing the propaganda that has been spoken against us. And until we re-educate each other and value one another and, and understand the truth about one another, these things won't, 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 won't ever change. You know, and, and that's an and that's another indication of white privilege right there. Like they can go to schools and understand that, hey, they're going to their history is going to be taught. They're going to understand, you know, the history. They're, they're, they're going to be able to learn about their ancestors and things of that sort. Well, we may get this small little chunk. Right. But what they only do, they, they celebrate only the good parts of, you know, th that or, or what they perceive good parts to um, that that happened to blacks in America, you know, over over time. And so we don't get the privileges, the narrative. There you go. Is the narrative that they get that they've been taught. It's not the truth, but it's the narrative. But go ahead. Right, right. And I and I'll say, man, I, I think you know a lot of the issue kind of goes back to the Jim Crow's laws where they talked about separate but equal, right? So basically, 
um, you know, you you got a you you got a you got free slaves who who they deem separate, right? But equal, but yet it's still, you know, there's there's systemic systemic racism uh in the areas, right? Or we're not or or it's, it's, it's oppression that's happening in, in those areas. We don't have the proper schools, the proper resources and things of that sort. And so then we we're looking and we're saying, hey, we want what they have. Right. Mm. Because we, we perceive them to have the nice homes and nice resources. They got the banks and they can get the loans. So we want what they have. So we fight for desegregation. Right. right. Because we say, hey, listen, we want to be equal. But then what happens when they have now now they have, you know, these social integration laws that allows us to kind of now enter these schools and things of that sort. Uh, we stop trusting in ourselves and our own community because we want to, you know, in our minds, we were taught that, hey, what they have over here is better. Right. And but, and, and, but and, and what happens is, um, you know, Jim, Crow, I guess Jim, Jim Crow laws were um, um, they were they were ended in the 1960s. Right. So. So right then and there or, or late or 1950s, early 1960s. Right. But right then and there, what they some did was yeah, some of them. Right. But what they did was they, they enacted the 1956 a uh, 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 highway act. So what they did was they said, hey, listen, if you guys want to be if you guys want to integrate with us. We're going to leave and we're going to move. We're going to move out to the suburbs and we're going to create these highways that now, you know, stretch out to the suburbs. We're going to make these houses more expensive. Now you can't get them. But, you know, we're not going to leave your resource. We're not going to leave the resource. We're going to take the banks. We're going to take the, the, the uh, you know, the 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 uh, the, uh, you know, restaurants and schools and the education. And we're not we're going to take these things and we're going to take them with us. And we're not going to leave you guys uh, anything you guys can have our hand-me-downs or the crumbs, the things that we don't want, right? Right. And so right. then again, we're looking at it as saying, "Hey, they have it better over here." Not on right. trust, right? And so I think that's that's what happens with us, man. Because um, you know, and they took these highways, they separated our communities, and and um, and they, and they had us thinking that what was over here was better. So then we continue to want to migrate in these areas, and, and um, now we don't have this. I'm sorry, what was that? So you're saying, Rand, is they've now uh, put in a position where we may be, we may feel inferior to them. And so now we're comparing what they have to what we have. And so you feel more official when you're spending money over here. You, you right. feel exactly. more official when you right. have, go, go ahead, go ahead. There, there was some legitimacy to that feeling. So the 1933 uh, Homeowners Loan Corporation Act that was in, uh, put in and in, in by FDR. FDR. Uh, no, we're educating no, no, no. y'all on this podcast. Hold on, let me just. We're educating y'all today. <laughs> Frank, 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 Franklin Delano Roosevelt is 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 widely known for the New Deal and for enacting these uh, social programs that were utilized to to save the housing market and and generally save the heart. Uh, the economy out of the Great Depression. And so redlining is a key component that we have to take into consideration when we're talking about the uh, the Homeowners Loan Corporation Act that, that was in, enacted. So yeah. what happened was um, uh, abusive loan practices were then taking place. So um, when white flight, when white flight took place and they left our left our communities, it capped the value of our homes. Yeah. And so when the predatory loan uh, um, activities started to come into play and people wanted to um, uh, sell their houses, their houses were, were were not valued and they couldn't get much equity out of them. On top right. of that, they couldn't even get home loans. So they're like, goodness, 
I'm trapped in this community. My ability to gain wealth in this community is limited. So I have to go out of this community in order to see the value in my homes uh, really uh, mature. And we're still seeing that today. We're still, let me, let me say this because this is the thing that um, a lot of people assume. They assume that Jim Crow and, and systematic uh, racism and all those things were way back 1960s and we got over those things. No, those things are very active today. Redlining and things are very active today. You can go to Gary, Indiana, my hometown, and you can buy a house for $1. Now, this isn't a city that is uh, roughly 90, 80, between 80 and 90% African-American. My grandfather sold a house for less than $30,000. A, a house, a livable house, a functioning house with everything that, that, that works inside of, of that home. So these are the things that are happening in the black community that are really limiting the uh, opportunity to really gain generational generational wealth that yeah. we have to we have to pay we have to pay attention to. No, I would agree. In fact, it's in fact, you know, it's almost a celebration when he's like, "Hey, man, I'm out the hood now, bro. I moved yep. out the hood." Yep. Like, like a, it's like a celebration. It's like I've made it. Like I've mm-hmm. I've been able to leave this particular area, and now where you at? Hey, man, I'm out there in burbs. Feel me? And it is unfortunate when that's a, you know, that that is what success looks like now. Yeah. And, and one more thing on that, just to let you know how close this stuff is. I am the grandson of a sharecropper. Mm. I'm a grandson of a sharecropper. I am the son of a woman that was bused to school. Wow. Right. So wow. that what that suggests that all of the anybody else who was not bused in schools were in uh, school systems that were inferior, right? They were they were unequal. And then if we know, and this is why I say the history part is 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 imperative. Do we know what sharecropping is? Sharecropping was abusive lease agreements that were made between black farmers and and white landowners. My grandfather said the most that they would make. They were uh, a, a family. He had two brothers and uh, two sisters. So you have all of those three, five, five kids and two parents, seven, and the most that they're making in a year is like a thousand dollars a year. So you're put in a position where you never have the ability. You're constantly in debt. You're constantly almost into the in the negative. You never have the ability to acquire land. And so then during the Great Migration, that's how most of I'm sure most of y'all got stories of how how your family got to the Midwest. Well, during the Great Migration, my family moved from Arkansas to Indiana, Ohio, and Illinois to work in the factories. Man, that was great for a period of time. And then when those factories left, and then drugs got inserted into our communities, circa Contra, circa 1980s, circa uh, um, Ronald Reagan administration. So when those things got put into our communities, and you combine that on top of the depression that you're feeling because you don't have any jobs, you don't have any additional skills, any additional skill because you came and got pulled out of there, and now you're uh, you're you're abandoned with no ways to uh, generate any type of income. Yeah. Right, for sure. for sure. No, that's deep, you know, man. And I, and I go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, man, what and and that that that, that further. Uh, validates the fact that we need to start building our own ecosystems because that just lets you know how vulnerable um, you know the black community is, our own community is. Because you could take away jobs, right, and now mm-hmm. the, now your 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 community is ravaged with poverty, 
Um, you know, but but if we start creating our own and, and building and 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 uh, sustaining our own, then you know nobody can take it from us. We, we have a constant ecosystem that can that can last. And you know, I you know think what's, what's happening. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, it's frustrating, around with what you're seeing in our ecosystem. Uh, we're allowing so many other businesses and companies just jump in our ecosystem. I was looking at people, uh, businesses that support Trump, right? Yep. Most of the the fast food restaurants are on there. Right. So mm-hmm. the crazy part is you you have McDonald's and Wendy's and all of these places in the hood. Yep. And they're now taking Take our dollars and, and funding people that are not for us. Right. That That's the crazy part about it. So when you say, you know, we have to start creating our ecosystem, own ecosystem, I'm, that's, that's where I'm wanting even for the conversation to go. Cause I even understand the red line and the whole thing of, uh, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, where you will mark off certain territories. Okay, cool. Now we, we can have two of the same kids, one kid in this neighborhood, another kid in this neighborhood, but because the taxes on the houses and things are lower, which the teachers are paid through taxes. So that means the teachers are getting paid lower, which means they're more stressed, dealing with more anxiety, more depression, and they're overworked, they're burnt out. You got a classroom full of 30 kids, right. of, of, of which that 30, you may have 20 that may, they they don't even um, 25. Teach. They're not taught, yeah, 25. They're not taught in the traditional way of sitting in a, in a seat, and they shouldn't be in a seat for six hours. But on the other hand, on the other end, you have this territory that's marked off, and uh, of course, their property is value more, higher tax, so mean higher wage for the teacher, which means let you got less kids in the classroom, all right, mm-hmm. and, and all of those things. So you now, like, they, it's set up like there's no way for our, our youth to to really be able to come out of this system, you know, on on top. Like there, there's a you're you're starting from behind. Even, right. you know, we talk about racism starting from behind, but it's like today, our, our kids today are starting from behind with the way the education system even set up, even the standardized tests, all of these things. So when we talk about our own ecosystem, yes, like that's what's needed. We teach our kids. We start, you know, making sure we teach them the right curriculum and all of those things. I think a, a part that we're starting with this week that my wife and I are looking at is we're just going to start picking different products in our home and replacing and finding black companies that like, for instance, we're going to start with soap. All right. Eat, like we're talking about dishwasher, dishwashing soap, detergent, a body soap, all of that. So we're going to find if there's one black company that does all three of those or whatever, then we'll start using them. And then we'll start pushing that to our platforms and telling people, yo, this is a black company that is doing soap. So now we even put nothing against Zest and and uh, all them other what's Zest and Dove and nothing against y'all, but y'all not doing nothing for our community and you making sure your kids are on point. We have to push our money into people that are make that's gonna push money back into our communities. So like that's our thing. I get that you know we talked about last week was, um, uh, you know, uh, they you you can put out a list of all of these companies like yo don't lose don't use any of these companies. But we're too integrated into the system to just stop right. all at once. Right. It's like, man, shoot, I I can't leave the house then. I I saw this thing with Killer Mike 
where his goal was to only to only buy black for I think he was trying to do it with for twenty four hours was it or for a week or something like that? Did any of you all see that? I see it. You saw it. Okay, my man, my man had to sleep outside because there weren't any black hotels. I said, oh my. Mm. My man, he couldn't even he couldn't find a cell phone, and I was just like, wow, we're so integrated into the system. And he even said, like, yo, you can't revoke. You can re- you can start a revoke, but are you ready for it? Are you set up? Like, we're so integrated into the system that our revolt is still going to be limited. Yeah. So right. I, and now, okay, I see it. Let's. I'm I, I'm a chess player, so I'm all about playing chess. You you look here next year in this situation, and you can ask me, all right, how many black things are in your home now? How many? How many black? I'll be able to count. Like how many black businesses I use on a daily basis. That's that's our goal is start infiltrating that way. No, I right. agree. I, I, I want to add this too. Um, you know, I look at it when we're talking about our, our ecosystem and our community. One thing that we're gonna have to do, and I had to I had to really self-reflect when I was spending when I was very intentional with spending money in my community with different things I maybe would have outsourced somewhere else. And I will be honest, some of my people, they didn't do right, right? And but one of the things that I had to do was I said, okay, you know what? Instead of me, now I'm gonna be, this is an honest confession for my part, right? Go. Instead of me cutting them off, because that's typically what I would do. You know what? I ain't rocking with you no more. I said, you know what? Let me, God said his grace and mercies are new every morning, right? Let me, right. let me actually show some grace and some patience let me sit down and give my brother some constructive feedback. Typically, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't even take the time, to, but, but I need to give him some constructive feedback because that's the only way that he's going to grow. He has to apply that information. Then he can grow, and then maybe the next four or five transactions he does, you know, they'll be more at a different level. He'll be able to raise his standard based off of the feedback that I'm giving him. So that's another thing that I'm going to challenge us to do as we're spending this money if stuff isn't right, instead of just cutting them off or catching an attitude, let's let's take that step back and actually give some honest, good, constructive feedback that's going to help them in the future. Yeah, and and, and stop lowballing. Right. Stop lowballing as well. Because oh, I know all. I mean, I think all of us may do it, but me and Shard now have a pack that. All right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yo, I ain't gonna lie. This is hard. Now let me. Uh, now let me. Now, I already know what you're about to say. Let me go ahead and hit this real quick. Words, I said we do have to stop lowballing our people too, you know, because and here's the deal. My and I told myself, I'm gonna pay this, I'm gonna pay this brother, but he said a phrase that triggered me. I had just told myself I'm not gonna lowball, but when he said this phrase, it triggered me, and I was about ready to take his legs off with the price because I'm like, okay, here's the deal. Da, 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 da. What do you want to what do you charge for this? Hey man, hey, whatever you feel it's worth. Oh. That line right there, I about took his legs off, fellas. Like, I about, <laughs> you know what? All right, this is about a, a such a job. I'm going to just give you this then, since you don't know what is. But that, even in the back of my mind, that wasn't that was not cool, because that's right. how I was processing. But yeah. I'm processing differently now. My man actually yeah. knew what his price was, and I actually yeah. gave him an extra 100 on top of that. Hey, let's go, yeah. man. Let's right go. on, right on. So yeah, we're, said, we're, yeah. we're loosely using a lot of terms here. And I think that we need to explain these terms. First of all, wealth, because for a lot of a lot of a lot of people equate wealth with cash. 
when when cash is simply a component of what wealth is. Cash is simply an asset, right? And so wealth is your total amount of assets subtracted from your debt. That equals your net your net wealth, right? And then the next next piece that we're throwing around, we're talking about pricing and and different things and how do you come to pricing and lowballing and 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 knowing what the worth or the value is of of your product or or what it has you do. I see a lot of uh, businesses that are going out and they haven't done the the proper uh, cost analysis or price analysis or even understand what their competitor is. We live in a a capitalist society. It's a supply and demand thing. And the reason why a lot of people from different groups are able to to lowball or have lower prices is because they have different economies of scale. They have competitive advantages, which lies in their economies of scale, which means because of their expert economies of scale, they're able to produce or bring a product to market with lower overhead or lower cost. And so sometimes we don't we don't want to jump to a conclusion when we're working with black businesses that their prices are they're just ripping somebody off with a higher price when we don't know what their economies of scale is. We don't right. know what their competitive advantages are as as a business. We don't know what is going back in their in their uh, production room or their production area. These That's are right. things that we need we need to take into consideration. And sometimes, like uh, Rashard do, he said, "I'm just going to give you that extra hundred because I have it, and it is an investment in that in that community." But these sure. are things that we have to understand as we are going out into the marketplace. Right, right. and and, I, and man, that's a, that's an excellent point. And I I, I just want to echo what what Word said last week when when he let him when he let us know that that you know we're worthy. And, and, and we're worth it because a lot of times when we're in business, right. Or, or we're, we're trying to, to really identify, you know, our worth, um, you know, it comes from a, a perspective where we've been suppressed for so long that we don't even know what we're, what we're worth. Right. And so they, so we struggle with understanding what we can charge for our services, but understand yeah. man, that, um, you know, man, wealth is labor and this, yeah. and, and this country was built on black labor. So that lets you know, man, you got a ton of wealth inside of you. So you can charge what you need, what what you feel you should charge when it comes to business. And, and, um, you know, and you shouldn't feel like you have to be lowballed or you shouldn't come to the table and say, oh, whatever. No, understand, man, what your worth is before you come to the table and make people, you know, align with that and come up to your level. Because again, man, like where it said, man, we are all worthy, bro. Worthy. And you know, my, uh, my man ET says, you're an ATM machine. Mm-hmm. And, bro, I, I ain't truly understand what when, when he was saying, because I'm like, ATM machine, that means, like, ATM give you money or whatever. But what that's what he was saying. He was like, there are gifts inside of you. Mm-hmm. Right. Literally called you, like, you can use all of these gifts inside of you to just get money. Right. He said, like, yo, I now, my wife said, I want a house. And he was like, okay, which one of my gifts am I going to use to get the house? And I was like, oh, shoot, that's good. And now when you understand that you, you're worthy, you understand that your gifts are worthy as well. Yeah. You understand how to take yourself to the next, next level. And you, you, don't, you don't just limit, like you're saying, Mark, as you don't just limit yourself to thinking that, oh, because I have money that I'm wealthy. And real mm-hmm. thought, your, your money could go away. Right? So you can have money and what, listen, listen, when, we play, when you play Monopoly, you can have all that money, but no property. 
You can have you can you can have money, but only thing you are now is you your money now becomes a liability to you because like like now all you're doing is paying out. Right. You don't have no way to get more money. You don't have no lane. You don't have any investments. You're not taking your money anywhere. So mm-hmm. like wealth encompasses all of that. So if you like it, it just it, like in Monopoly, if you don't have any property, I guarantee you you can have all the money on the board. And we have all the property, Mark. I mean, yo, sure. You can have all the money in the game, and us three have all the property. You're gonna lose the game because the game is the game is not about working for money. It's about getting your money to work for you. Exactly. Right. And you have no way set up to get your money to work for you. Uh, I don't know why this is coming in this way, but I think also we have a. Um, I don't know who, who it is, but shout out to you. Oh, it's wifey. She said, I think one of the issues with pricing in black businesses is that a lot of business owners fail to do um, extensive market research, even know their worth or what they should be charging or what the industry standard is. I agree. Which right on, right on, sis. Due diligence. And honestly, and I, because for me, I do my due diligence. Like literally, I will get about five or six quotes that, from, different, from different industries. So if you're a plumber, electrician, I'm gonna get five or five to six quotes from each one of those areas, and then I'm gonna make my decision basically. Because right. the more research I do, the more empowered I feel in making the decision. And that's yeah. why I agree with you, Melody. The more research. Our, our people do. So you're saying the more knowledge you have, the more empowered you feel? Absolutely. Right. Oh, because the more in right. control you are? Absolutely. The more control. Because now I've been, I've been able to do a market analysis. And then when you start to see my work actually looks better than theirs, and then you get to that point to where you actually realize I'm actually an expert in my field. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. associate with experts. You feel yeah, me? Yeah. And like Now that I know that I'm an expert, you're not, you can't lowball me because I'm not even going to accept that offer. I'm not even going to entertain that. Yeah, yeah, no, we don't. Y'all already know. I say we don't negotiate the price. We negotiate the scope. Right. So my price is my price. And and I'm basing that off of the result you're going to get. I So, like, I can, I can say this is for my time, but, like, there's no what, real way to quantify time, right? But I can, I can, I can say, look, it's going to cost you 10K. But you know you're gonna make a hundred k. Is it worth it to you to do? Is right. it if it's worth it? Then let's rock. If it's not, then okay. Hey, that's well, your, that's your classic risk to reward ratio, right there. Go, go pay right. the person that's gonna charge you two, and then you make three. <laughs> right. you, can, you can also look at your 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 supply and demand model, right? You don't want things flying off the shelves too fast. You want it going down a little bit slower, and then that way you're able to manage your economies of scale as well. If things yeah. are flying off too fast and your supply is constantly staying low, then you need to raise your prices up. Right. If, things are going, if things aren't selling, then that means your prices are too probably too high and they need to, and they need to go down. And so yeah, you, you want to be able to maintain- but not enough demand. <laughs> right. A quick, a quick economic, COVID-19 has taught us a quick, a quick economic lesson. We've seen gas prices go down lower than we had seen probably since I was a, a kid. Why? Right. Because yeah. people were not even people weren't utilizing, they weren't driving anywhere, so gas wasn't being sold. But exactly. now we're starting to see the prices go up. Now that we're seeing that things are opening back up again, so now people are driving, and now the prices of gasoline is going back up again. 
Same thing with uh, uh, airfare tickets, price, the mm-hmm. tickets, same thing. Yeah. I'm getting right. about three months to the gallon right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I look, we probably filled up during this time. We probably filled up like three times, right? I ain't, I ain't gonna lie. This has been the best feeling ever as far as right. that aspect of I'm telling you. <laughs> but that's what's up. So let's let's move into before we get into cool, not cool. Let's move into our final perspectives because I I want people to to really understand what you we we touch on a lot of things, and right. I really want people to uh, understand their takeaways uh, from this. So final perspective for you all that are new to the podcast is just we're each going to go through and in one minute um, or less we're going to wrap up our thoughts and our action items that we we have for ourselves and for you uh, to take from the from the podcast from our different perspectives all right so uh let's actually kick let's kick it off with mark mark Cox, give your final perspective of this whole uh call and um and you got one minute let's do it all right so my final perspective is to look at those four items that i laid out and how I can impact them from an individual standpoint and from a community standpoint. How do I, how do I prepare my son for the next generation? Um, I believe in God, I love God, so I'm always gonna go back to, to uh, scripture as well. And, and what it says, and when I see the, the consistent theme in scripture is the, the people in the Bible, not only, they weren't worried about their own individual outcome, but they were worried about preserving the outcomes of their future generation. So now as I have my son, MJ, my other son, Kevin, and my daughter, Carmen, my thing is, how do I prepare my future generation? How do I, how do I position them to be in a better situation than I am? And I have to first do my part to address systemic racism, uh, mass incarceration, lack of generational wealth. I have to, and educate them. I have to know that I have to educate them at home because I have to correct the miseducation that they're getting outside of the household. That's good. That's good. That's real good. That's real good. Uh, I would say, you know, just to kind of piggyback some of what you're saying, Mark, uh, my final perspective is, is pick one. It's like, you know, you just laid out for us like four different areas. Um, Mark, where where there is a gap for us as 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 a people, and so my my challenge will be for people to to pick one that it that resonates with you and start and start digging in and to to understand more. If yours is mass incarceration, um, then then start there. Like, what what can you do? How can you you uh, get you know join a board or or anything like that and start you know making impact in that way whichever one you feel like affects you or resonates with you more than that's what i'm gonna do uh for me it's all about i i now have a better understanding of um you know just just capitalist country and i understand how powerful the dollar is mm-hmm. and again my goal from here on out is i want to push more money into my people their businesses and put us in position where we now be able to fund the person we want. Right. You know, like I, we, like I want, I want it to be a point. I don't even know if this is possible um, to do, but I want it to be a point where, you know, for a presidential election or any election where if we don't have the person we want on the ticket, then we have enough dollar to be like, 
no, nah, y'all don't have anybody we like, but we want this person on the ticket. And we mm-hmm. put them on the ticket and we fund their campaign and we get them in office. And like, so we now have people that are cons- you know, considering our, um, our hurt, our pain, like our, our culture, our differences. Like we have to have people like that. Um, and so, you know, something that we've all talked about before was, you know, uh, starting to move and push our dollar into our own community. So that's mm-hmm. going to be my action item. I'm going to challenge everybody to do that. Um, now, find a business, find a black business that you want to support and, and now infiltrate them into your home. That's right. Go. Well, I, I'm going I'm to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and say challenge accepted on that, bro. And I'm yeah. going to accept that challenge. And also, you know, I'm going to do more due diligence on different black owned companies and, and what their products are and how I could sow into that and begin to bring more of those products into my household. And then also I'm with you, Mark, on this education. Like we we have been misinformed. And so I'm starting in my household with my kids, educating them on black inventors, uh, uh, just uh, people of significance that are of color so that they can begin to see and begin to want to be like that person. And the problem is right now is our kids don't want to be like, like those, like us, like our color. And so it does make me feel good when my kids actually do see me and I am the hero to them. And they, they want They said, my daughter like that. My daughter actually said, daddy, when I grow, she's like, daddy, can I, my daughter asked to marry me. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Okay. I'm doing something right in my household. My oldest yeah. asked to marry me. I said, okay. So, but, but anyways, but I want to be able to educate more. And as the independent wealth specialist, I want to be able to, I want to educate our people more. Go back and listen to that podcast. We had a great podcast. It's, it's nice to reference our joints. We were talking about investing, right? Still, right. Still use this time to educate. You might, even if you don't really have the capital, some of you maybe got stimulus checks or whatnot, but instead of going out and buying Air Force Ones or buying these particular products, own some stock, like go buy some stock and, and, and learn how to let that thing sit for a little bit, delay gratification, let it sit, let it grow over time. But I'm really big on you being able to acquire wealth free of this traditional system, free of trading your, your hours for dollars. Stop trading hours for dollars and begin to educate yourself because I'm going to tell you right now, that does make us feel different. It makes me feel different knowing that my livelihood is not based on a particular company that can just let me go, dispose me at any given oh, time, right? And so, yes, bro. let's educate ourselves more on that. Let's get into some diversification. Let's be the lenders, right? No more borrowing says go out and possess the land so let's look and see how we can go out and start possessing land and empowering ourselves when we empower us then we can go out and reciprocate that and duplicate that more let's go let's hey go. hey shard if you're really a prince i'll marry you hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, no hey but you make some excellent points and you know, I just kind of want to just remind us or remind the listeners why we got on here. Right. So, you know, of, of course, you know, we really believe in criminal justice reform that is needed. Right. So, th- you know, that, that that's why we came together and had this topic, because we're trying to figure out ways to create change um, out there in the world. So criminal justice is needed. I know we did a lot of we put a lot of focus on uh, the economics and the financial impact that slavery and, and oppression has had on us, because why did we focus on that? Because again, in order for us to move forward, right, we gotta understand where we came from. We gotta understand why we're in a 
this position that we're in. That's the only way that we're going to be able to get out, especially in a, in a country that's built on capitalism. Right. Exactly. And so we, we, we need to, we need to continue to understand that and remind ourselves of that. Um, I mean, cause in every aspect, man, I'm going to tell you, they're, they're making money off of us. And, um, you know, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but my brother-in-law had me research what they call police brutality bonds. And it, it, that right there let me know that they're taking any and everything and making money off of us. So you guys have an opportunity, Google it. If anybody knows what a bond is, all it is, it's, it's, it's a loan issued by the government that says, hey, on this day, we are going to pay you back this amount. Um, mm. so basically, um, you know, if they borrow, you know, a, a million dollars, Today, they say, hey, listen, in, in three years, I'm going to pay you back two million. Right. And, you know, companies are actually investing in these police brutality bonds because, you know, um, these uh, these these police, these officers and in, in, in city, these local police officers are, are getting hit with these lawsuits for police brutality. And what's happening is they can't afford to pay them. So what they're doing is they're saying, hey, listen, got um government or, or company, can we borrow some money today and we'll pay you back this much tomorrow? And mm. just to kind of give you guys an example, Chicago between 2010 and 2017, they actually borrowed, they actually issued over 700 million uh, in police brutality bonds and paid back those companies 1.7 billion. So these companies wow. made a billion, made a billion dollars on pro police brutality bonds. And so that's letting us know right there, there wow. is no accountability right they can beat us up whoop us put, use excessive force right and there is no repercussion because they're going to get funded from these companies to be able to pay these lawsuits and so i say that to say man guys this world that we're built on is cyclical it's 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 really built on that dollar and so we need to be able to create our own economy so that way now we could police ourselves we can we can build our account. We can build our education system and police ourselves, so that way we don't have to have these outsiders come in, come in to do it for us, and we stop and we can stop some of these um, um, some of these headlines that we're seeing every month of black people dying. And so, um, you know, I just want to say uh, to end it, man, empower yourself, educate yourself, and really, really learn. You know, pick some um, pick pick some organization to be a part of to help create change and help build out your economy. So that way, you know, you can uh, you go home safely and start building things for our, for our kids, for our, for our future generations. Mm. Hey, that's a good word right there. That's a good word. All right. So at this time, we're going to move over to cool, not cool. All right. And so what that means is um, pretty much we have a scenario, all right, that we're going to present and we need you all's help in deciding whether the outcome or the actions taken inside of this scenario was cool or not cool, all right? And then we're all going to give our own opinions as well. Um, on this show, I've probably been not cool the most uh, <laughs> just because, you know, they, you know, they're not, they just know my stuff is, is on point and my, I, you know, my actions are on point, but I still get not cool. Uh, also, shout out to you, Sammy, before we get into that. Uh, you said I suggested to my company create a new letter, newsletter that highlights Black Americans who have greatly contributed to this country. I love it. That's a start, right? That's a, that's a, that's a start um, to bring awareness uh, to to our culture and what we've done and how we've impacted this country. Thank you for suggesting that. My challenge to you is to stay on. 
Let's go. Absolutely. All right. Cool, not cool. So here's the deal, fellas. I want to, uh, I need some help oh with this. God. And I actually want our guests to hit this one first. Okay. Oh so here's the deal. I come into my house. I come into my house. This is when, you know, and um, the kids were at school this particular day. Uh, but I come into my house. I just, you know, walk through the garage and my wife, happened to be on her phone. Now, she didn't know I was home, and she was actually on the phone with, I won't say whose wife of one of you guys, okay? On the phone with one of your wives, okay? There's four of us on, there's three of us, it could be one of y'all's three wives, okay? And she was on speaker. Now, you know, anytime you're in a house by yourself on speaker, you going in, you just talking, you just, oh! she happens to come in, and right when I come in, I hear my name, and she's going in on me with one of y'all's wives talking about me. And so I'm listening, and I actually sit down on the floor quietly, and I'm like, ooh, this is good. <laughs> and it went exactly where I thought it was going to go and dense on me. It was in some deep waters. And I'm like, whoa. Like, I'm hearing... I'm not supposed to hear this, but I'm hearing it. And so then finally I'm sitting down, just sitting down on the floor, and my wife in her element comes down the stairs. And you know, when you don't, when you think you're by yourself, she sees me and, oh, and throws the phone up in the air, phone drops, and then she gets mad at me for spying in and listening on her call. She said, You was wrong, you was disrespectful, you should have let me know you was in the house. So, my question to you, <laughs> was that cool or not cool that I came into my house? Oh, I, did, I didn't sneak into the house. I just walked through the garage door. I opened and closed the garage door as I normally would. I just come in the house, and my wife is talking about me. I decide to grab a seat and just have a little listen of the conversation that's happening in my house. I listened for about seven minutes. and I got a question. Huh? Would you have listened and sat down if she was talking uh, about anybody else? In that particular area, no. Okay. No. All right. That's All right. Fair. So, I mean, I heard my name. And so, okay. oh, well, right. my name, let me hear what's right. going on with my name. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm, so, I'm going to let Mark go first. Yeah, we're going to let Mark go first. Uh, so, so, was that cool or not cool that I sat there and I just listening. I didn't say, hey, honey, I'm home. I didn't hit her off with that. I just happened to, to listen. And so she called me and got really upset and accused me for, you know, said that was very disrespectful. You spied on me. You should have told me you was here. That was wrong. And don't ever do that again. So 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 do I do I elaborate on my on my answer? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I want to know was it just say cool or not cool and then say here's why. Okay. I would say um, not cool. Okay. And the reason why, not not specifically pertaining to the action, but pertaining to the established uh, the established constitution that you have in your house. And so mm. clearly, clearly there was a disagreement with what is ethical and what is unethical that was taking place in your house. And mm. so it was not cool because your wife had had decided to be 
unethical. It's like, uh, what is it, malaise versus uh, malaprohibita, you know, meaning that everything, just because something is not against the law does not mean that it is ethical. It mm. is, uh, and so when you look at that situation, you got you have violated the establishment that you guys have created in your own household. Mm. So it so it was wrong. Now in my household, my wife says that I don't have any privacy. We don't have any privacy. Uh, we're we're all one. So whoever I'm talking to, she talking to, and uh. she she will info, she will insert herself into that conversation. Especially <laughs> if it's on speakerphone, right? <laughs> right, especially if it's on speakerphone. So that is that is what has been established in my household, and so that is the law in in the read in the read uh, in read land. But because you violated the law in Duncan land, it's not cool. But, but let me say this. It was Myron not Moses also said no, not let cool. Let me at least say this to be clear. <laughs> let me say this to be clear. It was never a law, though. Like, this was, this hey. was, this, it was not a law that was in our household. It sounded like it was an unwritten law. Right. Hey, you already said your piece, bro. Go ahead, Fred. Hey, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> hey, hey, Mark, man, you should have been a lawyer, bro. Because, <laughs> Mark, Mark hey, you said just, it bro. was uh, school versus the Board of Education. <laughs> and, uh, it was said, cited here. Right. Uh, I was like, oh, shoot. Right. Hey, he just went in. Hey, that was good, man. Hey, but I'm, hey, I'm going to tell you something. Char, what, I wish I had my sunglasses, bro, because I thought that was tone low cool. You know what right. I mean? I put my sunglasses on, bro. With you, that was cool, bro. Listen, if she's on, if she's on speakerphone, she wants the world to hear. Oh, man. Right? So mm. she know that she already got, she got, she got four other kids in the household who, who can hear it. She got one who's already wanting to marry her dad, so I already know he has an ally in the house. So she obviously <laughs> wasn't she wasn't keeping any secrets. She was just venting, and so the fact that he overheard her venting, he didn't have to let her know that she was there. You know, if I, I think what was broken was the fact that she was, um, I think what 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 was what was broken was the was 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 her um uh uh, uh her her. Yeah, I'm uh, glad you can't get it out. <laughs> right, I'm struggling. Right, well, all, what was her dedication to her husband? Because of the fact that she allowed, she was talking bad about him, or I don't even know if it was bad, but she was, you know, venting about him to somebody outside the household, where she could have came directly to him and expressed any concerns that she had. Cause I know he, I know Sharp. You know, saying he has an open door policy, man. Let's discuss, let's talk, let's let's communicate, and so it was just. One of those moments. He wanted to see what she had to say about him, whether good or bad, bro. So I thought it was cool. Like I just uh, listen to for, first of all, that sounds like some uh abusive type stuff. Hey, you got a problem with me, you talk to me about it. You don't go out here talking like I can't vent out here. <laughs> okay, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy Smith, he got caught. That's he got caught. Not not cool. Not cool. Here's here's why it's not cool, bro. First of all. We as married men and uh, having you know, married, you know, the married wives and all of that as well, we should absolutely have that friend that we trust, that we can vent to, and that we can say the things that we're not going to say to our spouse because we know that that may hurt our spouse's feeling, that may break a, you know, break a boundary with them that they've set or whatever. But also, I'm in a point and position where I'm trying to now get guidance I'm trying to now get some, I'm trying to get fed into, and I'm in a vulnerable state and I'm in an angry state. 
and you interrupted that vulnerable and angry state that she was in, which was not cool. She's talking to her friend. She's she's trying to get you know in confidence. You broke her confidence in that. You you broke that in that situation, and you literally sat down and was like, "Hold on, let me listen to." It. And you just said you would not you would not have done that on any other occasion. So this is a normal phone call. Walk 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 away. Let her know. And if she chooses to keep going about you, then she just chooses that decision. But you you took the choice away. Not only did you break the confidence, but you then took the choice away also. So so yeah, that that is that's wrong on so many parts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is not cool. I got one then, cool and two not cools. And hey, then I've only been married for two years. So remember let me that. Further, I'm gonna not cool for in. For cool in this mess. Hey, I've only been married for two years. I'm still hey, learning. Hey, listen. Hey, where's, where's his wife is in this chat talking about not cool 100%. And let me bring some clarity to this before we go. Just so y'all understand, I actually enjoy, like, it wasn't some information, just so y'all know that was some all right. life. It wasn't. In fact, I'm actually glad because I encourage my wife to do that because, like, for example, me words, like, we'll go in. Sometimes me and Ferran, like, we'll actually, we need each other to be outlets. And so I actually, and, if, and when she did see me, I didn't even care that she saw me because it, it wasn't like, I was actually glad that she did it. But I think what it was, well, she did get caught. She was running that mouth and didn't know I was in the house and got busted. And that's what made her like, huh. But at the end of the day, you know, I respect it. And I told her, I said, next time, babe, what I'll do is, I know you didn't hear the garage and me come in. I'll say, you know what? Hey, honey, I'm downstairs just so you know. So I'm going to let you know I'm in the crib. Yeah. And she, cause she may want to take the conversation outside or she may just be like, like my wife and she going to talk talk stuff right you know with her friend while you in the room it's like words getting brownie points from his wife she said that's right on point words well said she might be holding some heat up to him right now listen i'm not cooling friend for that shenanigan right i'm gonna some talk about some Yo, she shouldn't be talking to other people anyway. It's like, what? Just tell us, and hey, anime, you talk to me about your problem. Well, you the problem, I right? Well, you talk to me about it, and then I'll decide whether I'm a problem or not. <laughs> hey, she was on speakerphone. She got caught, bro. <laughs> so, hey, let us know what you all think. Hey, listen, not. Mylon hit me with a not cool. Okay, Mylon, I see you out here in these streets then, but I think I got, I think the Sammy said she got caught. Was that a, was that a cool then, Sammy? Uh, Sammy already said not cool, didn't he? He could be planning Father's Day, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, uh, I'm actually in another part of the home. Hater. <laughs> all right, so. Hey, man, thanks for coming through, Mark. Mark came through and dropped them. Yeah, it's always good to have a conversation that also includes facts. Yeah. Um, You know, last week was our conversation where we were heavy into the emotion, not saying that we're still not, but I like this conversation this week because I felt like we were more um, controlled and we were more focused on, all right, what are action items? What are facts? What are history? 
Where did where where did this come from? How did this start? Why are we in this position? How do we get out of this position? So right. this was a great podcast that uh, I felt like was really educational uh, for our listeners. Uh, please share this out. And you all know that you can listen to us on all streaming devices, um, podcast, Anchor, uh, iTunes, all of that. We're we're all over. Don't forget to you know join our group and uh, come get this work. And we're here every single week. We record on Fridays. Our, the actual episodes come out on Tuesdays. So make sure you tune in. Uh, let's get this work, man. This is Mel's Perspective. We'll see y'all next week.